All right, welcome back to Do Better You Bet. Jeremy Conn in for Nick Costas. Ken Barkley here. He's rocking out on the other side there, as always. Brought to you by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Now, uh, Ken, we you, you talked about uh, we did a lot of MLB um, here the past couple segments, and I know we were going to get an NBA most improved market. Did we put a bow on the baseball thing? Was there anything else anybody wanted to add to that? Because I feel like we all kind of I think we did got it all in. I think. Okay. Uh, well, why don't we why don't we finish with this? Just in like you know, everybody can make a, a twenty second argument or a case like of the three win of the three we discussed cardinals under angels under giants over which of the three would you feel the most confident telling someone else to bet on i i think all three of us will have the same answer but we can all go for me it would be the angels under jeremy if you want to go next angels under but hearing jake talk about the giants made me a little bit more interesting uh, interested in them but i i still like the over there i just thought it would be close but yeah the angels jake yeah, uh, I'll be the se- third person in line behind you guys after you guys both tell somebody to bet the Angels. I'll be a little different so they don't have to hear Angels for the third time. Tap I'll say Giants just because it's a little Excuse different. Me. And I actually do feel really good about it just because I have so much faith in them to make the right move and make the smart moves to make their team better. And just because of who they'll get back from injury in a couple of weeks and who they'll call up in the next couple of weeks. I think that four games over 500 is completely solidly within the realm of possibility for the Giants. Okay, there you go. So yeah, I think we're Jeremy. I think we're good. Can I give you a little summer league update, and then we'll do most improved maybe right after? Absolutely. Um, the uh, the game going on right now. So I did a little math during the break, just because something interesting potentially is happening, which is the Cavs are losing. Uh, they are undefeated, maybe not much longer, and they were almost a certainty. Well, they were a certainty. If they win, they make the summer league playoffs for sure. And they're in a one possession game against Chicago right now. They're down two with three minutes left. So that led me to wonder. Okay, there's like a log jam of teams that are going to kind of in that two to one range that are going to wind up three to one. And the tiebreaker is a point differential, like sort of average margin of victory, if you want to think about it that way. And the Cavs uh, have a great average margin of victory. They won two different games by 23 points, which helps a lot. So the question I was wondering is like, all right, if they lose, how much do they have to lose by before other teams have like a realistic chance of passing them? to get these last couple playoff spots because the Cavs will be three and one figure. There'll be a bunch of other teams at three and one. How do you kind of determine the pecking order there? Brooklyn would be a team that's very likely to get a spot at three and one big, big point differential for them. So I was playing around with like, all right, well, if the Cavs lose by this, they're like, at what point is it alarm bells? And what you kind of figure out, I, w- I was hoping it would be a little like more dire than it was. Cause it'd be a really fun thing to sweat live on the air. Like what if they lose like, man, the favorite for summer league could not make the playoffs they can kind of lose and have a good working margin still. So the only way that this really goes sideways for them, like if they lost by double digits, they're down three with two and a half minutes left right now. If, if they lost by double, which is like not going to happen almost, it's almost impossible. But if they did, that would open the door for like the Pacers could win by 15 and get the spot over them. The Lakers could win by a lot and get the spot over them. A couple other teams, depending on the results today. So um, I don't think there's necessarily going to be anything actionable even if they lose, because I think they're going to lose close. If they had lost big, then it's like the whole thing gets upended. But I don't think we're going to have anything that interesting if this type of score holds. And maybe I'll update it at the end of the game, maybe in the top of the next hour. What a fun strategy at the end to not foul because you don't want to lose by a certain amount of points. Well, they don't even know. I mean, they're, they're, I know, I know. that's I the know. funny it's, thing. It's, it's like it's our, just... it's, so, you know, obviously when you bet the, when you bet a money line market in a regular season game, your interests and the team's interests are aligned, right? The team wants to win the game 
and you want the team to win the game, you're both definitely all pulling in the same direction. But when you bet like summer league, there's going to be some times where you want a team to win or cover, especially, which is like an artificial number. It's like a, the, the team doesn't care what the margin is. And the team is like, well, let's give the young guys some run or like, let's not get this guy hurt or let's just try some new, you know, plays or whatever who cares whatever something that's like in an exhibition and that's always when things get really wacky it's like no no you guys got to try to win and they're like what i'm not trying to win like what are you talking about like we're just <laughs> summer league you're like no but yeah. i had a lot of money <laughs> it's like, no no really you need to win um that's one of the things that makes this uh, sort of fun also probably confounding for a lot of people Absolutely. And, you know, it's just maybe they're going to start resting players for that. Uh, is it going to be called the Midwinter Classic, the, the tournament in the middle of the season? You got to get oh, guys yes. ready for that. Yeah. The Midseason Classic, which there are uh, yeah. there are betting markets for that, uh, which I, I have not looked remotely at at all. But there's the groups and you can pick like the winner of the group and everything. Got to be honest, have put zero thought into it. Yet. I had a couple yeah. I actually had a couple people message me like, have you worked on this? And I go, no, I really haven't. I promise I have done zero work on it. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not really ready to think about that stuff yet. I'm just not ready. <laughs> I'm let me yeah. enjoy my like stupid summer league bets before we get into the nine month award bonanza that happens with NFL into NBA, into hockey, into college basketball tournament, all this other stuff. So what, what do you have for most improved player? That's the next thing you want to get into, right? Is it kind of a loaded yeah. market as well? So it's this is a much this is much more of a fun conversation than it is a oh man like gotta bet right now. This is my favorite award to think about because it's it's dumb but it like kind of makes sense. The number of players that are eligible to win it is like in the hundreds probably. Like you know if you do uh, NBA Most Valuable Player, the number of eligible players realistically like you could make a pool of five and you probably have the winner. You just do. You probably have the winner. Five. If you have eight, you almost definitely have the winner. And maybe even less if you have three. You know, last year, mm -hmm. if you give me two, I probably would have had the winner. And uh, most improved doesn't work like that. So it means big prices can win. The market's going to move a ton in the first couple months. There are some like local accounts that won't even list most improved early in the year because they, they're just too worried they get hit by somebody like betting a 200 to one or something. And uh, you could be on the hook for a, a big payout. And the reason why there are so many players eligible is the award is basically like a player that goes from relative obscurity to all-star. Like that's the, the leap that you're looking for, like kind of middling 12 to 17 points per game. Okay. PER so like on court numbers, like the team can't be a terrible team when you're on the court. Those are usually all really predictive of a, a guy that can win most improved because that leaves room for a statistical leap that makes sense right like if you're averaging 12 to 17 you can average 20 points a game and it's like not a big jump like a lot of guys can average 20 points a game that's always a discussion how many guys in the league if you gave them the perfect setup could average 20 points a game maybe 100 right as long as they have the taking a million shots and uh so that leap is possible whereas you know if you average 25 points a game tough to get to like 30. i mean sga is the the poster child for doing that and he still wasn't rewarded so it just that's the kind of player we're looking at and we can go through some of the names read the market jeremy but just for that reason i just i we tyler and i talked about this earlier we tyler made a list of players this was before the market opened tyler made a list of players he thought would be listed i tried to guess what order they'd be in i predicted the favorite perfectly which just makes me feel smart even though it's like a really stupid piece of minutiae but uh but this mm -hmm. word we we love on this show 
Well, it, yeah, it's it's funny to me because like I I had not seen anything, didn't know the names that were going to be there. The first name that came to my mind was Tyrese Maxey. Um, I'm a little upset that I didn't come up with Mikael Bridges first because the way that he played. But just looking at that list and knowing how some of these teams are going to look, I don't know how you don't sprinkle something on Jordan Poole getting out of there and into D.C. and just who else is going to – he's going to shoot as many times as he wants. He and Kuzma. I mean, it's just uh, – yeah, I, I think it's an interesting list, and then you can make a case for a lot of these. What if, what if we get Point Scotty in, in Toronto? What I, Right. And by the way, this always felt like a slap in the face award too. It's like, hey, you're the most improved guy. Does that mean I sucked last year or what? what <laughs> right. What's the right. deal with this? At least and, comeback yeah. player of the year in the NFL, it was like you were hurt or you had like a significant health challenge. You, you It's very yes. rare where it's like, you know, last year with Geno Smith, there's only a couple of years where it's like, well, what did you, what did you, you know, what'd you come back from being bad, which is always, that's the joke we always tell on the show. Uh, so <laughs> the market for people that don't have it up in front of them, because why would you? Uh, Mikhail Bridges of the Nets is a pretty big favorite, like ahead of everyone else price-wise to be most improved player. Or uh, yeah, most improved player. I was going to say comeback player of the year. Most improved player. He's plus 650. Um, Tyrese Maxey is 12. Assume he'll probably be on the Sixers. Cade Cunningham, who's coming back from a serious shin injury, but appears to be ready to start the year with Detroit, is 14. Be going into year three, um, but only year two that he'll actually play. Poole, who Jeremy mentioned, obviously is part of the, the trade to Washington. So Jordan Poole's now in the Wizards. He's 14. Scotty Barnes, and we'll see what Toronto looks like. They're 16. He's 16, rather. Shengun from the Rockets. Crowded team, man. Good luck. 18. Austin Reeves, who just signed like a pretty team-friendly contract with the Lakers, is 20. Uh, there are a lot of other names we can go through, but just kind of give people a sample of like who's at the top. Tyler, we only have a couple minutes left. Do you have anything you just want to say about most improved player? You can. It, this could be a bet that you like. This could be like a really off the radar, how you're thinking about the award. Anything you want to say to just like start, and we'll maybe we'll do this next segment. A guy that we, we did this uh, segment a few months ago. You like Josh Giddy a lot. I didn't see his uh, twenty to one. All right, that 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 He's stands 20. out pretty. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, that stands out. Yeah, I was a big Sengun proponent for uh, when we did this earlier. The crowded team now with all the acquisitions they had. I don't know if I like that as much now. We uh, honestly, when we did this, we kind of brought up all these names we we brought up except Jordan Poole because he was still on Golden State at the time. But uh, right. maybe if the Lakers kind of give Austin Reeves like the third uh, the third wheel here, he could be interesting. This is a kind of an interesting list. I think there could be some uh, shots to be taken in the 20s to 30s. And Tyus Jones, too. He got traded also. We brought him up. I think a lot of interesting names uh, on the list here. Yeah, so I yeah. I think uh, kind of just to take people to break, you know, like 90 seconds here, here's there's just really two basic questions, I think, to ask yourself if you want to bet somebody in this market. Maybe three, because I haven't thought of the questions yet. So I don't know if I have two or three of them. Uh, first one. Has the player been an all-star before? If the answer is yes, cross them off immediately. They are ineligible to win. It's not technically written in the rules, but there has never been a winner of this award that made an all-star game before. So like the idea is you go from not being able to make an all-star game to being at least on a level where you could make the all-star game. You don't have to make it, but kind of to be on that level. So you got to be less than that to that. So if the guy's already made it, like everybody bet Zion last year, and it was the dumbest bet you could possibly make because he could never win. Even if he played, he wasn't going to win. Um, and that's kind of what made SGA weird is he like should have made one but didn't and then didn't win the award. So anyway, is this a player that's like sub-All-Star? And could you see them getting to All-Star? Uh, second question, do they average 20 points per game or less the previous year? Give yourself that wiggle room. 
to make an improvement and to like a realistic point number. That's pretty important. And then the third one, are they playing on a team where that leap is remotely possible? Like you're going to average 22 a game on blank with blank being the name of the team and blank being the team's best player on the team. All right. Good stuff. We'll continue this topic at the top of the hour, hour number three here on You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM. Jeremy Kahn, Ken Barkley here with you. We're back right after this on the BetQL Network.